Cheesy is recorded every week at Scrumptious Reed in the James Street Precinct in the Valley. This week, Julie would like you to know about the two copies she has left of Christine Manfield's book, Fire, which is now out of print. They are hardcover copies, signed by Christine, pristine condition, still in the bubble wrap. You won't get these anywhere else. So come in and see Julie at Scrumptious Reads. On to the podcast. We, we, we should rap about things that we like, like... Like food. That's what. You bugging as death, you know it. We're gonna be like the Partridge family, but with food. You like food, don't you? Got any uh, white bread? Yes. Oh, wait. I am the spaghetti. Duval, you're not the spaghetti. I am the spaghetti. Let go of the lid. Just spaghetti in here. Is this organic? Sure. Is it grass-fed? Yes. Cruelty-free? What's so special about the cheesemakers? As the saying goes, you are what you eat. And I am freaking cheese. <laughs> okay, how was it? Mm, I wouldn't kick it out of bed for eating crackers. How about four beans, Mr. Taggart? I'd say you've had enough. Um. Hello, everybody. We got more guests. How are you, Sal? Good, Beso. How are you? Not too bad. Ben's still hanging around. Oh yeah, no, he's no, lost. As soon as we hit record, he's taken off. <laughs> he reckons he's going to bring me over some. Um, what's the raw beef that I've never had before with the egg yolk? Yeah, yeah. He's very shocked that I'd never had it before. We better introduce our guests first Ooh. before we go. So we've got Theo Lavonis. Correct. From, formerly from Poppy's Cakes. Poppy Cakes, yes. Poppy Cakes. And Christine Moody, his better half, yes. the brains behind the branch. <laughs> You're the grunt. Yes, brains. <laughs> Got to have five. Leg work. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, um, so Julie was telling me you just been to New York. Yes, we uh, had four weeks in New York, a couple of days in Boston. Yeah. And a week in Shanghai. With your mate? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who I now know all about. <laughs> So, hang on, we need to go back. I skipped a bit. Do you think the cupcake's dead? I don't think it's <laughs> dead. Um, I just don't think, at the moment, donuts are eaten. Again, no I, again, too. again. I read a really... Cr- and the cronut, that sucks. No, just... Does anyone, has anyone eaten a decent no, cronut? No. I mean, they are freaking... I couldn't be bothered waiting two and a half hours in New York for it. No way! Yep. Still. You have to order, yep. Did yep. you see that they had a five hour... Live from Scrumptious Reads, so that interjecting person over on the side would be Julie. Right <laughs> <laughs> they had a five hour wait for an American yeah. burger in Sydney today. They had that uh, in and out pop up in in Sydney, and there was five hour waits just to get a burger. They they sold out before they opened. How do you sell out before you've opened? They got tokens. Well, that's what the cronuts do. The cronuts do in New York. Yeah, you've got to order them because otherwise you won't get one. Well, I sort of did that. The um, the bakery at on is it Hamilton Road down at where is it? My suburbs have gone from my head. The little French one bakery makes oh, really chocolate. chocolate no, not flour and chocolate. Cross the river on the other side of the river uh, on Racecourse Road. No, something something flour and they make really really nice donuts, really nice chocolate donuts. Wow. And they used to go into the deli at Rosalie, oh. but they got they get 
30 donuts, you know, 10 jam, 10 chocolate, 10 caramel. So if you had a sleep in on a Sunday, you'd miss out on your donut. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, I think that whole donut thing is, well, well, that's what everyone's talking about. It's Instagrammability. Yeah. That's all it is. It's about the look. You know, who cares what it tastes like? Well, this was way before don't, the donuts were popular. Well, they were just good, good pastry-filled chocolates. I've got to say, donuts need to be fried. Yeah, bloody oath they do. We did test it with baking, we didn't know. And there's a lovely donut out at the moment. It's gluten-free. It's baked. Mm. And it's a lovely cake in a ring. Yeah. Yeah. They're beautiful. (laughs) Don't get me wrong, they're beautiful, but they're not donuts. I'm with you, though, Theo. That's not a donut. I think the best donuts in town... That's a ring cake. Best donut in town be brew bakers. Fresh? Sourdough donut. Oh, sourdough donut. Filled with jam... Or chocolate, and I think, or custard. How, That's do, you, it. how do you make a sourdough donut? Do you, well, use, a, do you use a starter the same he's way? He's right into his starter, so rich. Yeah, you will use a starter, but you probably use yeast as well. Okay. We feed it, we take I used to make a brioche, yeah. sourdough brioche, and you use a starter, but then you add yeast. And then the butter and make it yeah, like a normal yeah, brioche. Yeah. Okay, oh, I might try that. Yeah. I had another sourdough failure on the way. I've got a startup. I've got three small children, so being careful and measuring and doing all those sort of things is a bit beyond me. And so um, I did did my sourdough up to the recipe, and yeah. I'm like, I'm sure it should look. Um, yeah. um, I'm sure it should look wetter than that. So I just <laughs> added a bit more water, and it was too much. Too much water. It just wouldn't sort of hold. Yeah. You know, I'd fold it, but it just sort of spread back out again. Oh, uh, there might be a flower. Um, you should be, like, I make a lot of sourdough at home now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I get hydration rates up to 80%, 85% sometimes. Mm. That's really good. And uh, it's taken me, like, two years to be able to handle that. And I still, it's still hard, but once you get, once you get the hang of it. And do you use a basket? So do you make it and then, and yeah, then put I've it in got, the basket got, and then fold it out onto the... Yeah, yeah, I've got, I've got some cane ones, some yeah. uh, wicker cane and uh, a few linen lined ones as well. Because I, I, I and, and my wife and my kids love sourdough. We've actually got a guy who, um, oh. at Windaroo, <laughs> New Meanly, you know, you'd never pick it to be, you know, a, a, a sort of bastion of French baking, but he's... Um, worked in France and worked in Germany and worked in Italy and he makes a proper sourdough but he only does it on weekends yeah. and he makes 30 loaves or whatever and um, and that's it and he makes a really, really and he actually gave me a little bit of his starter very reluctantly <laughs> but he did give me a bit of his starter that's right um, but yeah here's how you get it my <clears throat> my attempts so far haven't been that light airy have been too dense. Uh, have you, like this great book I got from Julie Tartin, the Tartin Bakery in, in San Francisco? Oh, yeah. Chad, Chad yeah. Robinson? Yep. You can look him up and the best technique. It's the best technique. And I, you know, he, he works it through to get that. He wants that big, airy. Yeah, those light. big sort of bowls. Yeah. And they actually, and he's not the only one that does it, but a lot of people do it where they cook it in a, uh, what do you call it, a campfire. Mm. Camp yeah. oven. Camp oven. Yeah. To get Cast the steam. Iron. Yep. And you get fantastic results. Oh, right. That's a great idea. And then good flour. Yeah. 
Well, my mum actually, I've actually, oh, the flower I'm using at the moment came from a bakery in South Australia. Okay. Um, bread, like good bread flour. Yeah. And she was going through and she knows I love my flour, mm. so picked me up a 20 kilo bag of flour, <laughs> as you do. We get out, well, we get out from Miranda Kerr's hometown. Is that? We used to get it from. Oh, from Gun, uh, Gunnedah. Yeah. No. I used to, I don't anymore, I get the. Uh, uh, Ray's organic habit. It's the stuff from uh, Darwin Downs. It's, it's one of Kila, the areas. Kila, 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 you know the you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It, it's one of those times that the internet lets me down. Like you just anything you think of, you think, oh, that'll be out there. Like so, I expect there to be a website in Australia that sells five kilo bags of mm. interesting flowers, mm, 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 and yeah. there's not one. No, there you go. There's a hole. There's a hole for you, guys. Yeah, but, but it might only well, it might only be me looking for it. So. Yeah. <laughs> if you go to Demeter Farms, you can buy it, but you've got to spend four hundred dollars. Yeah, you know, which is a lot more flour than you need, and they'll give you get five kilo bags. You know, yeah. but who needs that much flour? Well, it's yeah. commercial. Not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I use a lot of flour, but it's really it's worth. Doing it. I did a little test a while ago with sourdough starter, mm. and I tried to start make a starter with just the Coles flour, yeah, Baker's flour, yeah. And I had one going with my uh, at the time it was still the Demeter Mills flour, and the Demeter flour. I mean, within three days, it was starting to foam. Yeah. You know, two weeks later, that other one was just. And it never took off. Like, it never really took off. Yeah. Mm. And this is literally flour and water. And you think it's just the, yeah. the age of the flour? I, I, think, or just it, I think it's a stone ground, stone ground flour. Yeah. It's just much better. And it doesn't have to be full of fibre. It can be sifted. Yeah, yeah. You know? And it, it just took so long. It, it, didn't, it didn't take. Yeah. You know, and I... I know you read some, oh, use any flour you want. If you're making sourdough. Well, the, the, the bits that I've read is when you get it well established and it's alive and really, mm. then it's not as picky with mm. the flour that you put in it. But when you are designing it, when you're trying to make it, then you really want the best flour you can give it. Yeah. And, you know, that, and they said try and give it a few different ones, like give it a bit of spelt and give mm. it a bit of, you know, a, a sort of broad range to, to grow off. I, I, I keep those things, like I keep the spelt and the Coruscant flour yeah. Yeah. just to add to my dough. I just use my good stone ground flour to, for my starter and I'm very careful. I'll go, if I'm doing one loaf and I need, you know, 100 grams of starter the next day, I, I, I put enough... I don't make too much. Yeah. But probably the best success I've had with the starter is um, pizzas because ah, yeah, yeah. the kids love pizza, obviously, and we make a lot of pizza from scratch. Um, but I found it really good because I'm so time poor at the end mm. of the day, like picking the kids up and getting them sorted and then cooking dinner. I make sort of like a really wet mixture up the night before mm. and then in the morning I add more flour in so to what till I can just sort of knead it yeah. and then break it up into all the balls that's gonna be the pizzas for that yeah, night yeah, yeah. and just leave them in a box and then come home and roll them out and, and yeah. cook them and geez you get some nice nice mm. pizzas doing that's that. Right. Really it's you know less effort than actually making the dough up sort of in the yeah. afternoon. Yeah. Um, and you get a really nice flavour out of it. So mm. that's one of the Lantana land infrastructure Special things. Cheese. 
Oh, no, I need a, I need a, I need a uh, pizza, pizza need oven, an outdoor pizza oven. <laughs> I've got a barbecue. Mm. A stone. And a stone. Yeah. Just a oh, just, Henry. The, there's a guy that I've been trying to get on the um, podcast who's a sourdough baker in Victoria. You what, should what? get rich cotton from... Brewbakers, which gone. Yeah, see, and he—he's actually him and his. I think he's got an engineering mate, and they're trying to. They're basically refining the design of a mobile um, wood-fired oven. All right. So he's got these. He does a lot of markets and stuff, mm-hmm. and they basically yeah. pitch up the night before yeah. with this oven and stoke it up, and then bake overnight. And then yeah. when the markets come in the morning, they just no, pull these no. loaves out. Um, and he's he's just been slowly refining and refining, building these things with different steels and different blocks and stuff like that. Yep. Um, but he Instagrams a lot of the pictures of his bread and I just. What's he called? Uh, I think he's called Sourdough Baker. Yeah, right. Um, what Warwick Quinton? I think his name is. Um, well, you'd be able to go and check him out. You'd be able oh, to go. Yeah. Go and buy stuff from him at the market. So, I will. Down when you move can down we, to foodie heaven. Can we get back to New York for a minute? I'm intrigued. <laughs> so, hang on. So, you went to New York to just try and find out what's new and happening. What, what the next big thing is. And do we know? I mean, you yeah, can write on a piece every, of paper. Every, and everything's here already. Yeah, right. I mean, I suppose it doesn't take as long now for things to... If, we, if you go to, you know, Smorgasburg in uh, Brooklyn... All the food trucks there, well, they're all here now. Yeah. You know, they're all the tuckerias. There's a waffle one. There's, you know, there's hot wings. There's uh, yeah. popcorn. There's, you know, everything. Yeah. And it's all here. Yeah. You know, it is all here already. Yeah. Um, so you're so, going to have to invent the next thing. I think so. Let's thrash a few things out, shall we? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Where's a <the> whiteboard? <laughs> I think that the thing though with New York, we visited some of the traditional places too, like Second Avenue Deli. Yeah. Oh. So pastrami sandwich, yeah. and and so we came back and made multiple soup, and yeah. who does that? The made my own pastrami. Yeah. Right. Made, yeah. So we. Well, doesn't everyone? Well, my brother does. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we did. So we sort of we started the day every day just going somewhere different, but trying to find the traditional places as well as the new places. Yeah. So um, we had a whole huge list and basically all our travel shops are food. Just ate and ate and ate. All the food coma is a thing. I take food tours. I know the food coma. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I started drawing again in New York and I took a – I was in the hotel room and there had fallen asleep with food coma, so I drew him <laughs> face down <laughs> in the bed. <laughs> Wasn't oh, come on, Linky, that's all the stuff you said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, does that. So I don't know what the next new thing is. But are cupcakes still in New York? Do they still have the big cupcake oh, yeah, shops yeah, and stuff? Yeah, a, a lot of them have closed. Like, a few of the chains have closed. Yeah. I, I think the Sweet Buttercup Bakery and uh, Crumbs. Someone just went through a recession while we were there. Uh, oh, you see, Crumbs. Crumbs is closed. Yeah. It's a big one. Yeah. But, you know, Magnolia now, they're not as good as they used to be yeah. like we were there eight years ago and uh they're not as good they've, they've been bought expanded uh, i think they're franchising 
there's at least three or four Magnolias in New York now. That's one in LA. There's Dubai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and did you did you go to San Francisco as well? No, I didn't. We didn't get there because yeah, that seems to be the, the the place where the the food things are happening now in yeah. in America and, uh. and the bread. And the bread, yeah. Bread, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Dir- they've got direct flights from Brisbane now, so that's oh, really? the, the thing is, uh, what's the little mini ones that we saw? Oh, um... The, what's it called? I'll put them down here. Um, um, the tiniest, like, the tiniest little cupcakes. Yeah, right. And I always refuse to do mini cupcakes. Yeah. I always said they dried out. Yeah. And I, and I still firmly believe they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but towards the end... Uh, I did actually do them for people. Yeah. Um, it's just that you've got to charge nearly as much because there's just as much work, work in a minute. Yeah. But well, the, more work because you'd yeah. have to be more careful. There'd be less margin for error, wouldn't there? Well, these little tiny mini ones they do in New York, and you, and you cannot, like, you can't buy one. You buy a little pack. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're tiny, they're little, and they're just little, they're literally mouthful. It's like when they used to have um, Dunkin' Donuts and they'd sell the holes. The holes, yeah. <laughs> it's like popcorn chicken, you know, just so clever. Mm, I don't mind popcorn, popcorn chicken, though. <laughs> How do you feel about the waffle? Oh, I make the best waffle. Mm-hmm. We've got a secret recipe. You don't think the waffle's yet to make a full-blown comeback? It's Remember the waffle you used to have at the show that was a round waffle and it was stuffed with cream and you ate it wrapped in a stick? That's a different waffle. I'd, I would really... farm waffle. Like, that's, that's a, like a waffle cone. Let's do the waffle cone. Shh, turn the radio off quick. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I've, I've been on the on the lookout through, you know, little auctions and food places for a proper commercial waffle maker. That is something I would quite happily, because we eat a lot of pan, because it's essentially a pancake mix, isn't it? Well, the waffle's becoming no, a little bit no, trendy. No, no, it's not. What is it then? No, and it's, that... And, that's what I'm saying. You know how you're talking about the cake with a hole in it, that nice yeah. donut with no... Yeah, 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 yeah. They do a waffle like that too. It's not, it's not a yeah. f- fucking waffle. You've no. got to chew it. It's got to be no. nice and chewy and... Look, well, for me, the classic waffle... You know, I don't like the Belgian waffle. Yeah. They're great, but I don't like them. Um, I like classic American waffle. So it's light and, and fluffy inside and crisp on the outside. Yeah. Um, oh, so I always thought that was the the I, equipment, not the batter. Oh, it's both. It's both. Yeah. Because like you see waffle makers at Kmart, and what? and they just look so cheap and flimsy, and they don't look like they could turn out a really. I, I tell you what, I I have four Griswold, sorry, three Griswold uh, cast iron mm. um, waffle makers from the 30s, 1930s. Yeah. Um, there, you know, put them on the stove, flip, flip. Uh, two work beautifully. Number seven, number nine work beautifully. <laughs> the heart shaped one, disaster. Yeah. They, they never come out. And I got a promotional one. It's a Wagner, which is another old brand. And because it's got letters in it, it they never come out. Come either. out. Um, but I recently bought. I was looking at waffles, and I was looking at. Uh, um, I thought, oh, what I get? And you can buy lovely commercial ones. I don't remember the brand, but. But they're two and a half thousand, three thousand dollars. You know, for a good commercial waffle. That's a lot for me to make waffles on a weekend. <laughs> Cuisinart, Cuisinart, do one. Which nice. you know, it's it's a non-stick aluminium non-stick um, uh, pan, you know, uh, yeah. waffle iron. And I thought, nah, it'd be a disaster. They work pretty good. If, oh. if if you've got a good batter, 
Okay, so what makes a what's the difference between a waffle batter and a pancake batter? Um, there's quite a lot of butter in the in the waffle in the waffle batter. Sorry, in my waffle batter. Uh, quite a lot of uh, it's it's quite soft, right? So you either use you know cake flour or use a bit of corn flour. Corn flour. Can okay. I to soften yeah. soften the flour? How freaking good would a waffle be? Okay, so you know those new biscuits that everyone's making yeah. like Mrs. Fields used to do them and now Mama Fuku does them and they're kind of chewy they've got glucose in them and stuff how freaking good would that be in a waffle oh yeah we'll, well, we'll a chewy see the, the problem with what this is the problem with waffles with custard mm. berries waffles you can only sell there and then they'll be fresh you've got to uh, you got to yeah. sell them there and then mm. yeah right. cupcakes can yeah. I have a dozen cupcakes please yeah it's my birthday party tomorrow Great. Can I have a dozen waffles? Good commission. Will you eat them now? <laughs> Just a little bit sour. I am going to go for a run after this. Oh, God. Do you always do that when you say that? Yeah. I ran last week <laughs> after eating, what, a, probably a kilo of mashed potato. Oh. <laughs> you over that yet? Poor thing. No, no. I've, if anything, it's reinvigorated my love for mashed potato. I've <laughs> eaten more mashed you? potato in the last two weeks than I have for quite a while. Basically, I started that. I make the best mashed potato. Mm-hmm. I still firmly believe that I do make the best. For me, I make the best mashed potato. How? <laughs> Maybe not for a part. How do you make it? Well, I've changed it actually. I've I've learned something from uh, the chef mm. and tried passing it through the sieve and folding the butter in. Yeah, chefy shit. <laughs> I hate I hate past mash. It's yeah. Actually, it's so. It's what? I, I don't even mind the lump. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't last a master chef. Wouldn't last. A, a, I like a week. because I like to see. The, I like food. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want it all pureed because I'm not a hundred yet. Mm. No, but it's, oh, it's yeah. not. It's not that. It's the. It makes it a bit fluffier, I think. Yeah, it does when it sets because it all kind of puffs up like a cake. Because mm. where the butter's expanding and mm. stuff, and you get more butter into it. Ricer. Yeah. Ricer, and you take out the. Uh, the, the, the like the because uh, you don't have to peel the potatoes and use a ricer. Mm. You take the peel out and eat that yeah. as you go. I like leaving the peel that's in. Cooked, that's I actually like mashing it with the peel or meat. Oh my, but that, that's a but cook's treat. When, I, when I peeled the potatoes last week and there was some left over and the rest of the chefs walked in and I sort of looked at them and went, "Who peeled these? Look at all the bits still on them <laughs> and little bits of skin and this bit and that bit." <laughs> that's about as peeled as my potatoes get, buddy. Uh. <laughs> That could set definitely wow. It's really nice, isn't it? It's really nice. Yeah, it's good. So. Um, okay, so did, did you come back with any ideas? Are we, are we waiting for something? What's going to. What's. Come on. Ideas? I think. I think the pop up. Yeah. Not knowing what to put in the pop up, but the pop up. <laughs> We did. Oh, it's great because you've got no overheads, you're not yeah. stuck. We did the pop up before pop ups were in Brisbane. We did the first one in Adelaide Street. Yeah, right. Cool. Well, I, th- great. I think the pop up in the right place yeah. is a fantastic idea. And it almost doesn't matter what you have. I reckon I reckon what would be really cool would be like kind of like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, the pop up that no one knows about. You have a really good database. You don't uh, get any lead. You don't get any bloody permission. You all of a sudden just go pop up. We're in this park for four hours. <laughs> the By the time they get there to you and anyone fight, they don't give a shit because you packed up and you're gone. 
Well, my, my dream was to always have, let's just with the cupcakes, mm. to have the, the food truck mm. pull up into the loading zone and go, tweet, yeah. 20 minutes. I could say 20 minutes. Mm. Come down now. Oh. Well, for someone that takes 20 minutes to get out the door. Might <laughs> <laughs> be a problem. Well, the, no, the thing I like, they run a pop-up um, food. Oh, sorry, my phone had to ring it for uh, thing at in the Ikea car park, which we still haven't managed to get to because the, the kids have sort of been a bit melty on a Friday afternoon every oh, time yes. it's been on. Yeah, that's right. But that, that's something, like, I like the idea that you don't have to have good food concentrated in the inner city. Yeah. Like, if you want, and you've got good food and you've got a pop-up. Well, you can go, like food, don't Is there an Allen key with it? What's that? Is there an Allen key with it? You've got to assemble your own food. Food, food maybe. <laughs> but the, I think Logan Council are pretty smart, so they put on entertainment yeah. and stuff to draw people in, and they really sort of go to the pop-up. Yeah. This is at Ikea. Yeah, in the so car park in the front. In the, just in the car park, yeah. I guess, because that's well, a bit less. They're very proactive. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah, they have to be. I still haven't managed to get to the Logan fresh food markets yet. I went to Logan, the Hyperdome, the other day. Anyway, it's so <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, So, will you do sweet things or savoury things? Because I hear you're a pretty <clears throat> fine cook. I do both, but I, <clears throat> like, I, I mean, I'd love to do gyros, but see, everyone's doing gyros. No one, in, no one in Brisbane does it. No. No one really knows that. And, and you know what, that, that's exactly right, because we, like, I work for a butcher supply company. Yeah. And we sell some gyros spices, mm. right, that uh, the company that supplies us, the spice company mm. that supplies us, they sell tons of it in Melbourne, tons and tons. Yeah. Mm. And every time the guy that comes up... He comes up like their their sort of um, their food guy, and mm. he's also their salesman. He comes up and he's like, "Oh, why don't you guys sell euros?" And it's like, "Cause no one knows what it is." Yeah. The butchers put it in their shops. They don't understand the flavour profile. Yeah. They don't know how to tell people what it is. So if someone mm. comes into a butcher shop and goes, "What's that, mate?" Oh, some Greek thing. <laughs> and that's about <laughs> literally. That's about the most. Yeah. The, that, that's the only way that they can explain it. They've got I, no idea what it's like. Because I, I think one of the, the biggest things about Euros that I see, and even in Melbourne, is it's really just kebab. Yeah. It's not Euros. It's not burnt lamb. You know, it's not crisp. Yeah. It's not done properly. I was watching something the other day. I don't know what it was, and I was thinking they had they're doing this Euros, and they're going, <laughs> you know, shaving all the... And wherever they're shaving, it's just more meat. Yeah. Then there's a guy on the rotisserie that goes the other way. It's going around. So there's three or four, and they're spinning around over the coals. And he grabs a knife, and he runs it along the meat, just a knife, not as a, not as a shaver. Turning. But as it turns, it costs, it's changing position, so it's not cutting straight. Yeah. So it's going spiralling around. And where it's not cut, it's charred. Mm. Right, it's charred. It's so you're getting that Crunch. nice crunchy meat when you're having a gyros. It's like we had in uh, in Greece mm. all those years ago mm. in Rhodes. Mm. You know, well, it's a little bit. Do like, that. Do the pop up gyros. Yeah, that'd be I'd, I'd go and eat that in a heartbeat. Yeah, bloody oak. You could actually make that. You could you could make that popular. I think you could. Very, it's very healthy too. You look 
like that shit Mexican that everyone's eating. I mean, I mean, seriously. Yeah, you ask, to... you ask a Mexican about it. I mean... It's, no, we don't eat that. It is shit. And those shops, they make a fortune. Those yeah. It's just yeah. McDonald's of Mexican food. It's crap. You know, but it's popular. It's fast. Do some more of that delicious. Oh, no, I shouldn't. And it's a little bit like um, <laughs> I would really like to make tr- proper tandoori chicken at home. Oh, but, yeah. But, you know, you have to have this oven that like, goes to, like, 900 degrees don't you, to make pot. proper tandoori chicken. Terracotta pot. And they drop it in. and, it, and it's just, it's, But it's the same thing. You've got to get that crisp, sort of almost burnt. I saw, yep. I saw someone on TV that they do a homemade one. Yeah, right. The, the, the metal drum and the terracotta pot, pot inside and the fire underneath. Yeah. yeah. And they're just, it's not the exact shape. Yeah, but it but worked. It's ter- it worked. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I think, wow, love that room. I'd love to wood slide, haven't I? But it's a bit hard on a balcony. Mm. I almost bought, I bought a barbecue. Do you live in an apartment? Yeah. Almost bought a wood fire up for the balcony. I'm thinking, oh, I'm glad I didn't. Yeah, made this. Oh, look at you! That's not a slice. That's not oh, a slice. Yes, that, see, like that could be the new thing. You so, know what? I used to be involved in a. So I used to work down Courtsy uh, in Victoria, and this camp, this cafe opposite us, used to work. And every year they get vanilla slice of the year. They win the award, mm-hmm. you know, and the shop would be. Heaving with one in Victoria. Yeah. It was on TV recently. Was it? Yep. Anyway, it was just the vanilla pudding mix with cream. <laughs> you know? That's like the... Um, and the... I thought, I'm good. I mean, I love the... I make that all the time. I was out the vanilla pudding mix with mm. the cream and I whack it in bloody cannoli and anything. <laughs> but, you know? Don't have to reinvent the wheel is what I'm saying. Yeah, you don't. Mm. Well, I, that's, you know... I made the creme patisserie, you know. And Let's have some. Oh, my um, God, I love that. Actually, one trend we did see in New York got went to Gotham West Markets. Mm. So they have all the pick oh of the coffee places, oh. the different sort of food all in one spot. Oh. So you can go there and, and with a group of friends, but it's the top of their class. So, you know, blue bottle coffee or... Oh different brands but it's in this market atmosphere it's fantastic so you just order it's open from breakfast right through to late so you can go and have fish if you want or pasta mm. or ramen noodles or awesome mm. it was really good it was just around the corner from what's the best thing you ate like? oh, in so new york has that got nutmeg in it no it's got some orange in it orange peel in the creme patisserie so when i put the, the vanilla pot in Mm. I put in a couple of slivers of orange peel. You just taste the orange mm. in, the, in the custard. Mm. And it, it's I, first one I made a few weeks ago was so sweet. This is less sweet. Yeah. Um, which is it's still sweet, but it's less sweet. And that's. that's but nice. I think we all like less sweet things. Yeah. Anyway, like yeah. Someone gets, that's why I look at those donuts and I think, oh my god, that's this mm. very sweet. Yeah. Mm. Best food in New York: the boil. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, it's not the best food in New York, but one of the best meals I had in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The boil. What's the boil? It's crabs. Oh, Served in a plastic bag. Can't, can't book. Oh, why do you do that? I don't know if we, I don't know if we can do it. No, the food safe wouldn't let you. Yeah, it comes like it's just <laughs> paper on the table, 
But and food the, safe have probably got only, an algorithm that's that's trawling through everybody yeah, audio, yeah. and we're going to get audited now <laughs> the, just from uh, even talking well, about it. Well, the only thing that isn't disposable are the nutcrackers. They're crab crackers. Crab crackers. Sorry, the crab crackers. So they're bringing this. We had crabs, corn, and potatoes. Yeah. Awesome. You get a bib and this big clear plastic bag. Oh, and you just make a mess. And when you finish, they pick up their crab crackers. All cash. And roll it all up. All cash. We love that. And that's it. Done. Can't book. It opens at five. You've got to wait in line. Wow. I want to go fantastic. there. So you've got to eat it like sort of nanotime, like you're eating at five o'clock. It's still light outside. Nanotime. Otherwise, you won't get in. <laughs> but I like that because then you can fit in another meal at about yeah. nine thirty. Exactly. Well, then we went to I'm the, okay uh, with nanotime eating. Or if you me, you can go to bed at seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, you can pretend you're going to another place. <laughs> we were at, um, up in Bundaberg for a touch football carnival, and me and my mate went down to Bagara and had mm. coffee and mm. breakfast, like on the on the water there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a butcher shop that we actually, we sell stuff to right near the water. And I thought, you know, what would be really good? Because I said to Joey, I said, oh, where should we go for breakfast? And he's like, because he's a local. And he's like, well, this place sort of that you can't see the beach does the best coffee. And this place round on the second street around the back does the best food, but you can't see the beach. And these two places, you can see the water but the food and coffee shit out. That's quite cool and good. That's, that's just universal law. Yeah, though. don't go anywhere. So, yeah, you. But the actual best spots were across the road on the foreshore where, you know, there was pathway mm-hmm. and tables and barbecue. And I thought, if I own that butcher shop, what I'd do is I'd do a breakfast pack. So I'd do four bits of bread, four bits of bacon, four eggs, yep. and, and find some disposable like bamboo tongs and some plates and you go over and you cook your breakfast and you sit next to the beach and at the end it's all disposable and you you, you get rid of it. Yep. I reckon you'd kill it. See, we did that with with, um, poppy cakes party in a box. So the idea was you had everything in the box, like tablecloth, cups, plates, everything, so for parties or whatever, you set it all up. Cupcakes clearly are in there. And when you finish, it all packs up. It's all recyclable. goes into the box. gets chucked out. My – probably my favourite Jamie Oliver recipe mm. is you get a chicken and you put your put, – get your chicken, put the lemon in the bum, and then you make up some bread. Mm. Um, no yeast. very Almost like a pizza dough. Yep. Very little yeast. And then you roll garlic and herbs and everything into it. And then you wrap the chicken up in it. Mm. Oh, yeah. And then cook it and then, you know, wrap that up in foil and you go out on your picnic and you oh, – now I do it with a tub of sour cream <laughs> as I do everything with. But, you know, you pull a bit of the sort of flat – it's almost like a flatbread. Oh, you eat that? Yeah, you, you pull the bread off mm. and then you pull a bit of the chicken off and you put oh, a bit right. of sour cream on top and a bit of salt and that's it. And at the end, all you're left with is chicken bones. That's mm. it. You're done. Oh, and that's And that's your picnic your lunch. And the bread actually, you can cook that in the morning and go up and what, like we'd go and do an hour's walk or an hour and a half's walk and then come back and sit there for lunch and you'd pull it apart and it would just be at the right temperature. Yeah. So it wouldn't be warm. It'd still be almost too hot to touch mm. because that bread just insulated it so well. Oh, wow. Mm. like that idea. Yeah. A I lot. Do. I do. Mm. That's, that's my... You know, if you're going to what, for a picnic Shit, one. there you go. You know the other thing that I reckon would be really good? 
which they do in America a lot, is the big barbecue trucks. Where you go and you get, they've got rotisseries of chicken and chicken yeah. and chicken and chicken. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. But haven't we got that here already? No. Where do you go and get that? The food trucks. No. Oh, what, you get a pissy little fucking bun that they want <laughs> fucking $10 for with a little thing. But where could you go? Like, you got you don't want to go and eat at the food truck. You want to go and no. buy, hey, I'll have two kilos mm. of, you know, chicken. I'll have two kilos of... Whatever. Well, that's one thing I was quite amazed at in uh, New York. First trip, I went to one of these barbecue places and uh, I said, oh, what's specially? Silver side. Yeah, yeah, two, you know, the premium and the normal. That's all I had. I said, okay, so what? Cut out a slice of the first one, gave it to me, tried it. Here's the premium. Gave me a slice of that. Just melted in my mouth. It was yeah. Fine. Okay, well, yeah, I'll have that. So they just... Slice it up, put it on the scales. That's all you want. That's it, bang. They weigh everything. Sides are over there. Sides, sides are garbage. Yeah. You know, sweet, yeah, pumpkin y, pie things, <laughs> and yeah. macaroni that's bright yellow, and all sorts of things. But the meat was just. But imagine being able to go and buy a kilo of beautiful brisket or something. Not have to have it shoved in a roll with coleslaw. Yeah. Because mm. the other great concept in New York and is the, uh, the food bars. Where you go in and you just get your container and you go, oh, they got, you know, six roasty things and pastry things, and you just pile your plate, go to the front counter, they weigh it, and off you go. It'd be great. Never go three potatoes and network we don't have enough people. That's right. You need the population for that to work. And and they have a greater percentage of the population that eat out. Yeah, true. Like eating out is a thing there. Yeah, yeah. Which, like, uh, I was reading an architecture article once about the percentage of um, flats in New York that don't have a kitchen. Yeah, a lot. There's a lot. Just just don't have one at all because there's that much... You know, they're all. It's, it was like in, in an executive area of New York, so they're all flat out. They all work 60, 70 hour weeks, and they basically eat out. They have yeah. breakfast out, they have lunch out, they have dinner out. Yeah. And the, the apartment's just to sleep and drink in. Yeah. And that's all you do. Well, you're now doing co work spaces where you can co live and there's no kitchens. Yeah, right. Because you co eat, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds co bloody <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Like I've, yeah. I've got that um, situation at the moment. Yeah. There's six people living in my house. I don't have any choice. It doesn't matter, though. Yeah, you're weird. You like it. Makes some good Facebook posts. As long as they like eating, as long as they like eating mashed potato, we're fine. <laughs> I had a little bit of a fantasy, though, the other day about, because um, I do this when I'm driving along, I think, oh, you know, it would be great to have a pop-up and you do this stuff. And then everyone was really hungry because they kept on drinking. And then all of a sudden you wheeled in with a big truck at, you know, 1 mm. o'clock in the morning mm. and you, opened up and had all this bloody beautiful lamb and mm. pig on the spit stuff and you sold it in big plates by the kilo and you just had big things of breadsticks and you just mm. gave them a meat and a breadstick. I think in my little fantasy this day, I just had an apple and fennel salad go to the pork <laughs> <laughs> and jugs of gravy. Oh, I love Fuck, gravy. imagine that, sitting down mm. at 1 o'clock in the morning and you're gravy, on the tits no, and someone gra- comes up with... Hot meat, oh. a breadstick, some gravy, and some fennel and apple salad. I, I, I have, Do you not? I have chips. Oh, beautiful. I mean, I have chips everyone's gravy. getting lucky that night. <laughs> I mean, shit. We really do put up with some pretty pathetic food at yeah, 1am. Yeah. Yeah, the windmill. Well, when, when I ran the pub in the, in the valley, like, 
the amount of New York slice that I ate oh, yes. at, at ridiculous times in the morning because that was the only sort of half-decent thing that you could get. And it's not fabulous pizza. No, it's not fabulous. Everything tastes, okay. everything tastes fabulous. When, oh, you, yeah, well, well, when, you, when you've been working from 7 o'clock in the morning and, you, <laughs> yeah, and it's food and not alcohol. So uh, that's the thing I found in New York. I thought, you know, first trip, I had pizza. It was great. Now I had pizza, similar pizza, and it wasn't great anymore. Yeah. You know, and I'm going, yeah, yeah I, was, I was, you know, was pizza in New York's not that fabulous. Yeah. But we went to... It'd be like everything. There'd be good stuff and bad oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. some, like all those places you, that, that you think are the great, you know, the big pizza pie, like New York Slice, hmm. none of those rate at all. No. Where's that pizza? No, that's, the, that's the Domino's and Pizza Hut of yeah. New York, really, isn't we, it? We went Sullivan's to... Sullivan's Bakery? Sullivan Street Bakery have mm. a pizza place. Mm. Um... What's his name? Uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, he has a great book, the No Need Bread Book. Um, the and what? No Need. Oh Bread yeah, um, yeah, um, I know that guy. He's amazing. So I went to his places as well. So I went to the bakery. There was, there was one yeah. around the corner. From I think, where I, I think yeah. I've got that book. Yeah. Yeah, there was one around the corner from where we were staying, and then he's got a pizza place which just reopened. Yeah. And the pizzas are fabulous. Like yeah. really, they're really good pizzas and it's what you want, you know, nice, not too thin a base, but not thick, horrible. There's enough burn on it, but it, so it's crispy and but not tasty. Beautiful and the, toppings, and the toppings really are great. fresh. Not too much topping, yeah. but not, not skimpy. Yeah, classic pizza mistake. Yeah, too much topping. Too much bloody topping. Mm. I've made that mistake once or twice. <laughs> Usually, usually. Why does that not surprise me, be so? Usually with cheese, it's like oh, <laughs> I, I can put some. Have you had mashed potato on pizza? No, don't chips, do ridiculous. Chips on pizza. My, my, my grandmother used to do that. Do you put chips in your euros? Yes. Well, I mean, is that traditional, or is that just what we? Is that like us making Vegemite and chip sandwiches? There were no chips on our euros in Greece. Yeah, right. Now, I think it's a it's a Melbourne thing, Australian yeah, right. thing. I think. Yeah. Like if you go to the little snack bar down Commercial Road. Yeah. You know, if you order, you know, bacon, eggs for breakfast, yeah. lunchbox, you'll always put some chips on there. Yeah. Everybody but I think that's an, I think it's an Australian-Greek thing, not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, ju- I don't remember chips on the one in, in Rhodes. No, I didn't. It was definitely not chips. There was lamb, there was uh, tzatziki. There might have been some green stuff on it. I tell you, Token green stuff. Everyone does that. I'll oh. tell you what I did have for lunch on, on Saturday. So yes, be so. I had a toasted, a toasted sandwich with mashed potato on. Oh, don't be fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> toasted my bread. I put, like, I don't know, two centimetres of mashed potato on it and then bacon and then cheese on top of that and the little bits of mash got nice and crispy. Oh, that's, that reminds me of the meat pie sandwich. Remember yeah. when um, Pat Rafting goes, oh, you want me to meat pie and bread with mm. yeah, That's what that's like. Why don't just fry it up and make it beautiful? Well, I, don't, I don't know. I felt, like a, I felt like a toasted sandwich and I had oh. leftover mashed potato. You are a mashed potato freak. You would like this. On the weekend, I don't know who we were watching, but we, <laughs> I made sausage rolls, store-bought puff, yeah. little pork chipolatas, yeah. some mash, 
wrap the little chipolata, cooked chipolata, yeah. with mashed potato oh, yeah, in the puff pastry, yeah, right. in the oven. Silvians, oh, Silvians, and like, be careful because it's hot, but yeah. then you get, you get the pastry, you get the sausage, and get the mash. mash. Yeah, that it sounds was good. delicious. Oh, good. It was good. It's good. Very yeah, that sounds good. You, you, you're, you're looking at that a lot better than you. The, the, the look on your face when I said I had mashed potato on. No, it's it's bangers and mash. Yeah, it's really, right. really yeah, clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to do that when I was catering. I used to do a lot of stuff with them. Mashed what? potato and fried sage leaves. Oh, oh. That's so 1980s, isn't it? Yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> so good. <laughs> my, my, uh, it's not the 80s. <laughs> yeah, my, my favourite breakfast fry up is chopped chorizo and leftover mash and eggs. Oh. <laughs> I love the word mashes and everything. Mashes and everything. Well, it's bubble and squeak, isn't it? Pretty yeah. much, yeah. But there's nothing wrong with bubble and squeak. That's, that's a bit one. I, I, I don't have a new thing. I, I think the smoke will be done. Uh, there, there's room for a good spanner There's not one in Brisbane. What happened to what's his face? Is Jamie's thing? Sing- oh, right. <coughs> How sensitive is that, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> I can edit stuff out. Yeah, well, yeah, you're right. Because anything in pastry is fucking fabulous. And but do you know that? What's that? There's someone in Brisbane that's making spanner pies. Yeah, the, the, you can. They used to Samuel, sell it. At Samuel, I still sell it. Do they still sell it? Where's that? Who makes that? I don't know. It's, it's not it's, that it's great. Okay. Mine's much better. That's shit too. I want it to be smaller. I like ours, like a sausage roll thing. I want yeah. more crunch. Ours is Catherian. Most oh. most Catherian. Well, mother tells me. Most Catherians. Oh, mother tells me that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> you know that sentence. <laughs> she doesn't tell me everything. But uh, no, Catherians, she tells me, uh, don't use phyllo. And certainly, all my all the aunties that I know and my cousins, none of them use phyllo. Like we all make our own pastry. Yes. So we make our own pastry, and the filling is, you know, you, you go and we use silver beet. We don't, you don't use spinach. That's disgusting. No. Um, all mashed potato. <laughs> all mashed potato. And uh, but the pastry. Uh, is uh, it rises a little bit, but not a lot, and then you get the edge where you roll the pastry over, mm. roll, roll, and it's that's everyone wants the crust. Everyone yeah, wants the crust, but there's enough cheese in it, so you can taste cheese. Um, mm. It doesn't look all green; it looks green and white. Mm. And there's four cheeses, mm. which no, I won't tell you about. But there's four cheeses. You can tell us about it. We love that. No, fortune, but you know, and it's the best pita you'll buy. Yeah. Except you but could you do that commercially? No, it's I very don't think so. intensive. That's I don't, just I don't something think so. you do for people you love. I think you do. I think uh, it's something you could do if you had a shop. If you had a snack bar or a, a coffee shop, you could do it. It wouldn't make you any money. I doubt. It's no. very labour intensive. Yeah, just do that at home. We'll just come to your place. Well, yeah. We were doing, I was doing some sausage trials. This will not make Sally happy, but salty caramel sausages. Oh, don't be stupid. <laughs> Seriously. Salted, no. caramel, salted caramel and peanut butter pork sausages. Oh, right. <laughs> and um, oh. I was talking to the butcher. That's not right. That's not right. They were quite nice, Sally. No, really? Were, yeah. Because you're thinking salted caramel like in a ice cream but it's not that strong it's 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 do you put a bit of apple or something in there as well 
Um, just, bit of for, parsley. just for old times' sake. No, but it wasn't. It wasn't overwhelmingly sweet. Well, yeah, I've, I've definitely tasted yeah, sweet sausages. The pork and apple sausages, yeah. and that's, yeah. that's a thing, and that's beautiful. There's a there's a butcher down there. But salted caramel, that to me just smacks of. Oh, it's food de- victim, food victim. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely <laughs> trying to take advantage of a trend, but yeah, there's the, nothing wrong with that. The butcher that that um, like there's a couple of butchers that already make one themselves, and they make a ten kilo block and sell out in a day. Really? Oh yeah, it just goes. And the actual sausage. Um, oh, now I want to eat one. But smells. Do people love it? And can't live without it. Or do they take it home? Or is it like, you've got to try this? Yeah, yeah pretty much. But and wow. never buy it again. Um, well, see, the actual sausage smells very caramelly, mm. raw, and when you cook it, it just smells beautiful. Like, it's like... I get it if you do a bit of an Asian twist on it. Okay. Like, if you put a bit of... Sato. Cinnamon and star anise in there and a bit of get that whole thing happening with yeah, the sausage. I get spicy. that. Mm. No, 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 there'd be none of that with the... But the actual sausage, when you eat it, tastes like a slightly sweeter pork sausage. Yeah, see, what, what's the point? Well, it's very, it's very hard to... Sausages... Let's do that. Let's have a sausage competition. I don't think... Um, <laughs> a lot of people don't realise how hard it is to get flavours, really strong flavours, into sausage, especially a flavour like caramel. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you're putting it in a dessert, you're not, you're not cooking it, you're not really... You, you know, you're getting little bits of it to, to, to flavour, but we tried to get... Um, we tried to get a mustard flavour into um, into corned beef, like proper mustard, you know, English yeah. mustard, mm-hmm. so that when you ate a corned beef and you think you're pumping a corned beef with liquid and then you're cooking it in more liquid. Yeah. And so we eventually got this one that just had a little bit like almost like getting a slice of corned beef and just scraping a bit of English, hot English mustard mm-hmm. on the top. That's what it tasted like. Yeah. And it worked out... 12 times more expensive than our normal cure because of the amount of mustard powder in it. Yeah. And to mix it up, you had to wear a gas mask because it would literally make you cry. The oh. amount of mustard powder that we had to put in this in this cure and, to get that to flow through. And, and that amount of flavour is not satisfying. No. Yeah. Like, oh, we just, yeah, we abandoned right. the project at that yeah, stage. You'd rather just buy pork sausage, squeeze a mustard on it. Yeah. Shit mustard on it. Yeah. Yeah. But there, there is a one of my butchers makes uh, uses our pork and apple premix, and then uses um, tin pie apples and more sultanas in it uh-huh. in a in a pork sausage, and it is fantastic. Love that sausage. Who does that? Um, Savills down the coast. But he he um they're like crazy busy all the time, mm. and he only makes it every four or five oh. weeks, and he and he's never got anyone on there. <laughs> I like, come on, dude. I said, I'll buy it. Like, you make 10 kilos at a time, I'll buy two kilos off you every, every time I'm here. Because <laughs> they're just a – and it's a – I think he must put a little bit more pepper or something in them as well because he's got a real – it's white. Like, like in the mash. It's probably MSG. It's probably <laughs> your – Secret. It's your secret recipe. <laughs> Look at you turning your nose up at salted caramel and you put MSG in your mashed potato. Shame on you. <laughs> what the yeah. – <laughs> <laughs> I didn't put pure MSG. I did it in a chicken stock form, and I only put a tiny little bit in, and they didn't know. Mm. You might Perfect. you might have gathered that I'm sort of hurting that I lost the mashed potato comp. I came last, but the chef came second last, so it's not all bad. <laughs> in the mashed potato comp. Mm. Uh, now, mine wasn't great because 
there's prelups in mine. Mine had lumps. No. That's really good. I've got it out for dinner tonight. Do you like big sum? Here I am chowing down on <laughs> vanilla slice, <laughs> cheese. I love figs. I've got my, this is the first year that I'm going to get a, an actual crop. I've probably got about 50 figs on, on the oh. fig tree. So last year I think I got four. Is it is it a nice tree? I won't buy figs because I'm spoiled because my grandmother's tree, mm. you know, which is now a block of units. Um, was that's the, a good trick. It's were well, the best figs. Now who knows where she got it from, but it was a huge tree and growing in the backyard. Yeah. And now the best figs, soft, sweet, mm. beautiful. Um, and I guess they're allowed to ripen on the tree. Yeah. You know, that she, does make she'd it always cover a few up. You know, she shared a few for the birds mm. and covered a few up. Um, but I, you know, I look at a fig like that and I go, well, that's nice. But you've got to cook that mm. yeah. to get the sweetness out of it. Yeah. Whereas it's very hard to buy a fig. Well, I've, had, I've had one it's beautiful one fig off the tree, and this tree lives in my chook pen, and mm. the idea is that it'll eventually shade half the chook pen. Mm. Um, and I've had one ripe fig off it, and it was. You could just, like, I go down, the, the, I take the twins for a walk mm. down to the chook pen every day, and... You feed the chooks and you could just smell the day he came down i knew this one fig was starting to get ripe and and as soon as i walked past oh that fig's ripe you could smell it mm-hmm. and picked it and we had a guest round she got to eat the fig with oh, a you ice shared it? You gotta, you nah. gotta, i think you have to cover them though because you, you'll lose a lot to the birds yeah well probably like all the sort of ones that i can reach are inside they're actually inside the pen and I'm just going to let it grow out and just grow big I'm not going to I'm not going to cut back Um, just because I like you know if I if I'm getting sort of 50 or 100 figs below the net and the birds want to eat the ones above it then go crazy as far as I'm concerned as it gets bigger though you'll probably lose the number of figs you get underneath I think yeah I think that's what happens I think yeah I think I'll be able to sort of train Mm. to to come back down inside the pen that's that's what I'm hoping anyway I'll see how it goes if I have to net it eventually it's not the end of the world because it'll net the chook pen so yeah Christine where are you leaning as in Euros I think well I I will back whatever Theo does because I don't cook at all but I always think of the brand how can I build a brand around it and what's the brand story because Poppy Cakes was very successful oh very and I think too that um, and it comes from a food is about establishing an idea and then making sure it's the best in class yes because that's what the brand is yeah so um, is that your background though you don't cook you don't no my background's brand so yeah right um, from a strategic yeah. perspective so yeah. and a creative perspective but I just see ideas and I help my clients join dots so I'll see a trend in a different industry and then we often apply it to uh, you know another industry. Do you so, only have food clients? Or no, no, a whole range. I have clients who are in medical research. I've yeah, got clients right. who are in pharmacy. So the the rules of um, innovative thinking and yeah. new ideas is just a way of thinking yeah. and then you apply it to different industries. So um yeah, well, we've done food, I've done fashion, I've done the, like the wrap dress. Is, I'm not in fashion, don't know anything yeah, about yeah, yeah. pattern making, but I know what questions to ask and how to put it together. Yeah, yeah. So when we're doing poppy cakes, we knew the process to go through yeah. from a brand and a brand protection perspective and yeah. then the recipes. So we did it from a, um, 
from that perspective. But at the end of the day, your product has to be fantastic. It doesn't matter what your logo looks like. It really matters what the product is. Best ingredients. And the best ingredients. So we never skimped. Everything was made from scratch, best ingredients. And that was really the, the whole foundation of Poppy Cake. So when I saw some trends in New York and when I ran Theo, it was really about how can we bring this into a brand here in Australia because you just can't take an idea from a different country and bring it back here. You've got to say, well, what's the culture like? How does that go to fit with our population? How is the butter go to, you know, where we get source the same products but in the Australian marketplace? And um, I think there's lots of copycats, but we would taste a lot of cupcakes. And uh, I knew from talking to clients, so everyone that ordered cupcakes with this, I would ring them. And within a couple of days of orders, if it was a wedding, it was a couple of weeks. But I would personally speak to anyone that ordered to ask them about their experience. So it was about... Because a cake's meant celebration. You don't buy cakes. Well, some people bought cakes just to eat them, yeah. but often it was for something. Yeah. You're going to dinner, you're going to a friend's house, whatever it is. So I would find out more about how the cakes fitted into their life. Yeah. And that's why Party in a Box was started. Yeah, that's fantastic Because it, you know, normally someone goes and gets this and gets that. Well, this is actually bring it all together. Mm. So make it easy. Make it easy. And it's... People did it for birthdays, parties for their yeah. kids and things yeah. like that. So, or a picnic in the park. Yeah. Or just a gift. Just a gift. So, um, yeah, well, they so were that's where it's The cupcake. They were good. And I said a lot. So, when I was in the States, I was looking at what, how are these brands developed? It's like Italy, you know, that yeah. whole experience. I think yeah. now the trend I did see. There's a lot you can of do a East Australia. <laughs> East Australia. That doesn't quite sound the same. But the trends I saw was you might go to one store, and really, these are some of them are very expensive. Mm. But then you went to another store, and the, and the service was different. The product range. Mm. There was. There's lots of chains now, but no one's actually overseeing it. Mm. That the standards are being kept. Yeah, right. So the same chain can yeah. be vastly different. Yeah, yeah. and that was a little bit. I found that disappointing because really great brands. And there are so many. Change in America. You're so many change. Everything's, everything's changed. You go during, well, during the depression. Well, I think anything that gets any success, immediately the money floods in to make it. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's try and cap- capitalise on it. I also think it was a recession too. People went to the safe option. Uh, yeah. A chain or a franchise is a lot safer than starting your own. Yeah. But I think that that's the only disappointing thing I found was there was an opportunity there missed, and I see it here as well where they're not looking at it they, they set it up and that's it it's a, it's a little bit like the milk like it's restrictive restrictive both ways because if you're running a franchise and you know you run it for six months and then go look i could really make this food a lot better than what it is you can't you got to stick to the franchise way mm. and like that's what i always find remarkable about milk is when they standardize milk and you know made it homogenized yeah. and, and everything like that they were not you weren't getting the really good milk because it had to taste no. the same all the way all year round. So you were actually taking good milk and lowering it to the bottom yeah, denominator yeah, because yeah. It, it had to taste. It, you couldn't have like it drop in standard. Time of the year. Yeah. So anyway, I reckon though that my whole thing is no one trains their staff anymore. No, don't. You know, it's like as an employer, I used to love McDonald's staff. Because say what you will about that company, they ran a darn fine and they knew trading system. And if someone came in and said, "I've worked for McDonald's since I was 14, you'd be like, "Beautiful, 
They got a job. Come on in. Yeah. Well, you get employed I had, I had, McDonald's I had a couple of McDonald's staff mm. and they were fabulous. Mm. But they're the only ones these days that I really would, invest I think, in. I wouldn't think to, I, I wouldn't employ a Uncle Jack's. I just did no. the whole thesis on. It always looks sloppy. Did I did the whole thesis yeah, on. Right. If all the overseas brands come in, yeah. it doesn't matter what they're in, food or yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever fashion, What? how do Australians compete? Australian brands. So I interviewed uh, top companies yeah. um, who were headquartered in Australia. And the main thing we found was the successful ones, they understand from the top right through to the shop floor what that brand stands for. Yeah. It's not just selling stuff. It's they actually understand yeah. the story behind the brand. They understand, and because they're educated, they spend a lot of time on training. A lot. I did a few years at Body Shop, and it was fantastic yeah, from that train. perspective. Yeah. I actually went in there doing food. I, they had an amazing um, cafe in their headquarters, mm. and I ran that for a while. And then a job came up in like the PR department. I thought, oh, I'm going to stick pat in the ring. <laughs> I got the job. And I loved it because it was really about doing all their campaigns. But the training that went on every day, there'd be people from all over Australia. They'd fly them in and they were constantly on a rotational training thing. It was all about the company brand. Yeah. You know, Anita would come out every few years. She'd meet them. They kind of made sure that everyone had met her. They all had, were vested in that company. Well, often they don't even know there's a staff like Brett Branson does that as well. Like, you know, he seems to go everywhere where his brand is. You know, if his brand's there, he sort of makes sure that he shows his face every now and again. It's not yeah. sort of just this remote. And the staff have met him or they've been well, to a party. He pops up in Australia a couple of times a year. Mm. He just pops Fantastic. up. I think a lot of them don't actually. The people who found these companies often don't come out and see what's actually happening. Yeah. They'll, they'll get reports. Yeah. But that doesn't tell you anything. No. That just tells you sales. It doesn't tell you attitude or yeah. Yeah. feeling. It's about, I think there's a big gap here for food experience. I mean, we've got some markets and things, but like Italy, you just want to, I know it's again New York, but scale it back. It's just the way they display their vegetables. Yeah. The way they display all over the place. Oh, it's just. And it's amazing wherever you go. Oh, population though lets you do population. it a lot, a lot more. Yeah. Well, that's the problem with Brisbane is. Where do you put stuff where lots of people will go? Because everyone's sort of, you know, it's not the easiest place to get around. I'd be curious okay. to see how King Street goes up at the old Ecker Grounds. Oh, okay. Mm. Supposedly markets and food up there. Mm. Yeah, but like you look at somewhere like for me, that that's an hour's drive to come in to go to a market. Oh, it has to be pretty good. Mm. Mm. Well, I know when I talk to people, if, if we had corporate clients call for coffee cakes, and I first question I'd ask is, have you eaten our cupcakes before? Because if you're an EA in an office and you're getting quotes, yes. you know, for a dozen or a few dozen, you've got to compare prices. So yes. I'd make sure if they hadn't, I'd tell them why we were different or yeah. I'd send them a pack. Yeah. I'd make sure they'd at least taste it. Taste it. Because yes. once you've tasted it, the price doesn't become an issue. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So um, if, if they hadn't had it before, it was a difficult – if they were just looking for price, yeah. But we never you know, we never worried about that. We could stand by our product and know that it was the best. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, good luck, guys. Yeah, I'm excited you. about Euros in Brisbane. <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if you're looking for any um, you know, beta testers, I'm always keen to eat. Yeah. No, that's really cool. Good luck with it all. It's yeah. um, Old man Euros. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Mr. Daisy, secret's out. <laughs> oh, we better call it Euros for, for you or for us. No? Yeah. <laughs>
Give him a bad name. URSRS. <laughs> no one will be able to say it. URSRS. <laughs> it looked good spelled. You could just call it Chiros. Cheerios. They love it. We all love Cheerios here. Cheerios. <laughs> Cheerios. <laughs> okay. Thanks, guys. Thank, oh, you. thank you very much. See you later.